All right. Here we go. Very important, right? Ricky Sanchez podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code FUCKTHELAKERS. No. Uh, promo code RTRS. And uh, that's what you should do. Brought to you by By Nature Pet Food. Slow cooked with super fusion. Get 20% off your first order with promo code RTRS20 at Chewy.com. Cornblow and Cornblow, which is the apt uh, sponsor for this one, the official law firm of the process and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the Sixers, man, holy shit. Boy, can they, that was a roller coaster. Just a fucking roller coaster of a game. Um, LeBron tries to steal the MVP from Embiid. There's just a lot. And uh, a great mailbag question about how weird Korkmaz is. And then a Ben Simmons trade idea that I want to mention just to make Mike mad. That came in from an Australian. Uh, before we get going, as I mentioned, Kinetic Skateboarding, our sponsor for this podcast. Go to kineticskateboarding.com. New releases of gear just about every day, and they're always limited. Uh, sometimes they go on sale at midnight. Sometimes they go on sale at noon. They have a brand-new hoodie coming out this weekend, which is really awesome. Kineticskateboarding.com. Use promo code Dave Silver. And final reminder... Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can watch the whole podcast in video. Watch our shit-eating grins that we do not deserve for this podcast. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy leading the league in flagrant ones, Mike Levin. Oh, man. Boy, they just fucking... Tobias Harris, man. Tobias Harris, uh, Tobias Harris, who we love. Tobias Harris, Mm -hmm. who is a friend of the pod. Tobias Harris, who... Is he a friend of the pod? (laughs) He's a friend of everyone. Everybody loves Tobias. One of the nicest guys. Uh, you one said of the nicest Mike guys. Scott. Honestly, like if you got to, and here's the thing, if like if you got to like if you get to like talk to Tobias and like the way he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room when he talks, <laughs> it's just it's some there's something special about him, man. There's just something like <laughs> something he's got something. I have my standing desk up, so I'm moving around, so I'm like I have full optionality with my limbs and body. Um, wow. Slightly wow. more than, uh, I would not call Mike Scott 80% of Tobias Harris. It was 70. It was 70%. At the time, it was right. At the time, it was 100% right. And then no longer the case. He's not that, he's not that person anymore. He's a different person. We evolve. Yeah. Humans change. Humans get better. And that's something that we all need to realize. And Tobias is the best uh, of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. He what saved a it, nice, man. 
thing. What a beautiful, I mean, just a total meltdown. I was already rationalizing it the to loss. myself, being like, this game doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they, mm. if they lost this game, it would have been like, wow, what a meltdown. But, but like, they know that they can play with these guys. They know that they can, <laughs> you know, they're, they're capable of, of contending with the best teams in the league. But they just totally took their foot off the gas. I was already ready to be like learning experience. This is actually better in the long run. To be honest was, with you, I was, I was there. I'm glad that you're telling me this because I was wondering which mic I was going to get. There, there I was, was there. That okay. was going to be there. Okay. The, the Pistons game was more frustrating, but this game yeah. it was like they're they know that they're there's they're they're they they belong. Like this is who they are. Um, and Embiid played really well, and and Ben played really well, and. I think Seth, Seth didn't, Danny hit some shots, but like ultimately it was like some weird tips, some weird refereeing stuff. And I was like so ready to be like, it's fine, it's fine, it's totally fine. And then uh, the arc of me going from Tobias has something wrong with his brain, like I was ready to operate, I was ready to do surgery. Like yeah. I was ready to get in there, get my you know scalpel and stuff, and just start to, to dig around in there, see, what, see what's wrong, because something was going wrong. And just, going from that to... <laughs> seeing, seeing, I think it was Seth that made the entry pass. Seeing Seth give the ball to Tobias and and going, yes, give the ball to Tobias. Well, it was our um, only chance. It was in the waning moments of the defending champions. It was really, it was great. And you know, him going left, LeBron comes over, doesn't come over enough, rises up. He just got it, man. The game looks so simple for him right now. It looks so simple. He's not dribbling that much. He's just getting to his spots. I mean, I don't know what what whispering Doc does in his ear, but. To, oh man! <laughs> to <great>. recap, <laughs> excuse me for the listeners who may not have heard the brain thing. You had theorized earlier in the season that Tobias had gotten COVID and it had done something to his brain. That's right. <laughs> and I think I don't. I don't regret it. I think whatever has to motivate him uh, mm-hmm. did, and uh, he just looks. I mean, he really has. Like we've been talking about it, like simple stuff, not turning into late stage Carmelo, like make quick decisions, make the right pass, straight line drives. He's got that little kiss off the glass, either hand. Uh, really nice. There was a nice uh, pick and roll with Joel where he found Joel underneath, a rare interior pass that leads to an assist for Tobias. Um, he took it into Kuzma, got some contact. Um, and then the, uh, the, the thing that's m- most surprising is that like he is in transition running up to the line and willing to shoot. And that just, he just wasn't doing that. He shoots that so fast. He he's, shoots he's so, way, yeah. way more willing to do that. And yeah. I mean, how about his defense? Come on. Well, and hold That's on. That's one on. thing that I've Wait. always, I've always been pro Tobias Harris defense. If anything, I thought for a while that his defense was better than his offense. And more Boy, helpful. you can't just, you can't just take this one. You can't, you, you gotta, no. you gotta. I, well, I love it. I love it. The okay. defense was great. He, he, well, hold on, he hold on, hold up on. AD. Wait, he wait, intercepted wait, that inlet pass to wait, LeBron. Wait, it's all it's all very good. Wait, it's all very very good. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Before we do the defense, um, man, now I even forgot uh, on the offense. Oh, the the shooting fast thing. I didn't think that was I after the first two games of this year. I thought the ship had sailed on that. One of which was, I think, a preseason game. At least one. It might have been two preseason games. No, I think he's, he was bad the first two games, I think. I, he, he was bad the preseason games, but I thought he was maybe. I don't know. I, I was sure that that was one of the things with him at 27 or 28 years old and not really being a natural three-point shooter. Like I had 
convinced myself that that was something that was never going to change. And still, I think he's shooting five threes a game and his previous high, I think was four seven with the Clippers. So it's not like he's jacking up way more, but he is, there's a noticeable difference. And I will give Doc Rivers specific credit for this. You know, I, I always think that we give coaches too much blame, too much. I, I don't even like talking about coaches because I don't know what they do and what they don't do most of the time. But there has to be something or something s- snapped in him and he just does it now. And it is a major, major difference. Even when it doesn't go in, it's a, it, much better when it does go in, it's a major difference. But his defense on Anthony Davis, and I'll tell you, that'll teach Anthony Davis a fucking lesson for being such a pussy and not playing center. Okay, you want to play power forward, you get Tobias Harris guarding you, and that's what happens. So congratulations. You wanted Tobias Harris, you got Tobias Harris. His defense was great tonight. The The Lakers look kind of slow, just in general. Like, you watch yeah, them did. more than I do. They, I, yeah, they didn't look they didn't look great tonight. I think, uh, obviously, LeBron played well, um, and they, hit, they started hitting some shots late after missing a bunch. But I thought the Sixers did a really good job of sort of preventing the Lakers from running their normal offense, which mm-hmm. is get by the first guy and swing, swing, open three. And the Lakers just, like, didn't get that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helped that they hit, they missed their foul shots and everything. It was it was just really... They just they just played well. It felt like, they were, like there were a couple, like, like, brain farts, like, you know, mixing up coverage on guys and losing guys in a... In a on, on, either off a double or off pick and roll or off off screens, um, and obviously the, the there was some melting down late. But I thought that the defense was really good, and this is a good Lakers team. And and there's just there's just things that the Sixers prevent you from doing from their size and versatility. Um, and you know, ten ten steals, seven blocks. The Sixers were just they just came to play. I mean, I think I think it's it's frustrating that the Sixers have to lose every game that Joel Embiid doesn't play, um, but. The we'll game after that, it's, yeah. especially against a good opponent, it's always like we are we have our careers on the line. Like it, they yeah. they always play with with that level of intensity. I thought I thought that was almost specifically was against the Lakers. By the way, like you know, I yeah I, I remember I it was probably two years ago the you know the arrival game. No, it wasn't even against the Lakers. That was the Cavs game, right? There was a really great Cavs game, wasn't there? I'm trying to remember. It's always against LeBron, but yes, they do. They the Sixers do tend to bring it in the high-profile, you know, national TV games that aren't during the playoffs that, that are during the regular season. Can that's true? That's uh, true. Yeah. So Tobias had a great game. Embiid. All right. I. All luck. LeBron James can go fuck himself. Like. Pushing a guy when he's in the air with two hands, I'm not saying that he was purposely trying to hurt him. Obviously, I don't think he's trying to hurt him, but that's dirty player shit. I, I mean, I disagree. It, well, I, I, be, it is. Because, I, because I, 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 I play physical, and so I, I, I'm very like, I think almost every flagrant foul should like almost never be a flagrant foul. I get like the circumstances of this one. Like he jumped up and he had two hands on him, so sure. But like, Markeith Morris shoved Dwight Howard way harder with both hands than LeBron did. It's different. 
because it was totally Embiid's, Embiid's in the air. And by the but way, Marquise Morris like, is a shit bag too. Like he's dirty too. They're but they're both dirty. Like there was a I dirty. Just, it's it's hard to it's hard to differentiate what physicality is and what dirty play is. And I I don't I don't think that I think like kicking somebody in the balls like that's a different situation. Like you know what what Draymond does sometimes, um, and like Grayson Allen and shit. Um, but I think I think if you want to call a flagrant on that, fine. Embiid catching uh, AD with an elbow and then calling a flagrant on that is insane. It's it's as if the people making the rules have just never played basketball before, and they're just like. Well, but those two plays weren't the same, though. I know, no, I agree. Okay. I I'm, I okay. don't mind them calling it. I, I'm fine with it calling a flagrant foul on on LeBron. I don't. I'm not. I don't think it's any like passing judgment on his character and stuff. Um, it certainly looked very upsetting, and he landed on it very hard, and uh, that sucks. But I think that it's if he didn't land on that, you wouldn't have been like if he if he like landed on his feet. I think it would have been totally fine. I'm not saying this as like a LeBron apologist. I just generally yeah. think like there's not like I I, I, that, I it just didn't read to me like a dirty play, especially for a guy that's about to get dunked on by a seven two guy. Well, that's exactly why it's kind of like a dirty play. Like he's he I'm, Obviously, I'm not trying to talk you into the fact that it was a dirty play. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me, that was a dirty play. It was at the very, 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 very least a careless play uh, with LeBron there. Like there was nothing about that that was physical. Like the guy was in the air. And just because, like, look, bro, eventually you're, 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 uh, athleticism and your physic it's all going to slow down and it's all slowing down and i know you want to win another championship so you can think that you're as good as jordan even though you're not and i know that like you're probably doing hgh and i know that you probably want another mvp and i know that the guy that should win the mvp is in the air right in front of you but while the guy's in the air you can't push him with two hands um, it was like a, that you're saying you like he's listening to the podcast. I'm just like, saying. Well, let me, well, I'm let not, me check in with Spike and see I'm what Spike saying, thinks about. I'm it. not saying it to you. I'm saying I'm saying it to him. That is a dirty play. It was bullshit. And I'm going to proclaim this. I give way more of a fuck about the Lakers now than I do the Celtics or really any team in the Eastern Conference. Like I hate them the most now. Like that was a shitty play. Um, and he's slow now. LeBron. He's very good. Very very good. Can't keep up, so he's dirty. He's like Chris Paul. Can't keep up, so he's dirty. So that's my my statement on on that play. That was a dirty play. It was yeah, a dirty I just, play. I, I just I know people think think that I I just disagree. I think uh, I think you know moving on. I think Embiid yeah. played well, excellent, especially early. Can we just um, say about about that play, uh, him landing the way that he landed? Yeah, very scary. I mean, I didn't think he was going to get up. I. You know, as somebody who has back problems, for anybody landing that way, but like that shoots right up your back. Yeah. You know, like that. And the fact that I, I'm sort of conflicted about him staying in the game. I know. Would have loved a little break. Give me a, just check, go to the sideline and check on it type of thing. But he doesn't like that, man. Well, and I, it, it made me wonder. It obviously hurt. It made me wonder if he was selling it a little bit. You know, while he was on the ground, which I'm sure some of it was. But regardless, he's gonna. I would not be surprised if he doesn't play the next game. Like that's gonna be sore as shit. Yeah, Um, for sure. And we we got lucky, and I hope they do an MRI on it, and I hope everything's fine. But that was an ugly fucking fall. Like that was loud and ugly. So he played well, and he didn't. I mean, he he didn't. He wasn't as 
quite as impactful the rest of the game uh, after mm-hmm. that, but he didn't look like crazy slow. He did, he still had that three. He still, um, I thought, passed pretty well. He finally executed an interior pass to Ben mm-hmm. after trying it a bunch um, because Ben Ben out of that dunker spot is going to be open when they're doubling a beat and scrambling to find shooters, and I mm-hmm. thought that finally it was a nice one. And he hit that up and under, and then uh, and one on AD, and then humped the air. Uh, that's becoming his sort of finishing move, I think, or the his ultimate celebration. His finishing um, move. It was the like this for a while as, as the N one, and then now it's now it's the humping. It's it's the humping from the ground, and I thought that's really 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 nice. Um, it was great. I mean, he just it was it was so nice in the first uh, first game against Marcus uh since Embiid has now. Uh, improved his conditioning and, and just gotten better this offseason. And so it was a little bit of a test mm-hmm. as far as what like, what's it going to be like. And, man, he just looked good. He just looked yeah. like, yeah, I don't, this guy's, you know, he's big for sure, but uh, I'm better than him, and I, I'm not going to be deterred by this uh, s- sloppy man anymore. And, yeah, and, uh, and in it fairness, it's not, and Bede hasn't really faced, like he's, he's faced a lot of shit so far this season. Mm-hmm. So this was a, a nice, um, you know, a nice, uh, a nice spot for him, even though, yeah. you know, it's a declining Gasol. Um, let me ask you, uh, I mean, now is as good a time as, as any, uh, by nature, pet food, soft shit award. Could you hand it out? I got to give it to Alyssa. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Alyssa, has to, Alyssa has to take it. Um, I thought that we, uh, handled ourselves pretty well in this game. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that we were pretty pretty respectful of each other. Yeah. Um, and she at one point was saying that she was rooting, she would be rooting for the Sixers if the if this was the finals matchup, she'd be rooting for the Sixers. Oh my! God. And I didn't believe her. That's and then over the course shit. of the game, especially as uh, the Lakers came back at the end, and she's doing like like hoarse voice like "Let's go" at the end. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that you're going to be rooting for the Sixers, uh, which I respect. It's fine. She doesn't have to yeah. for the Sixers, but I no. do have to give her the soft shit award. Uh, wow. By nature, Pet Food Soft Shit Award goes to Alyssa. Holy crap. What a shocker. We call it the soft shit award because if you give your pet, specifically dog, dog or cat, but give your dog by nature pet food, you know, when you're walking the dog, you're not going to have to pick up sloppy soft shit. You're just going to get nice, firm, easy to pick up shit. We got, we sent, so thanks to By Nature for sending 104 pound bags out to uh, our listeners and we're getting feedback now. This was a great email from Heath. Hey guys, my dog Jojo loves the By Nature pet food. Typically I fill her bowl and she will eventually eat it. Weird dog I know, but with By Nature she eats it all immediately. And it's not a joke. She really did go from soft shit to hard shit quicker than Tobias did. Um, thanks for the recommendation. Should have switched her over sooner. I set up a monthly auto ship plan uh, for the 11 pound bag. So it's it's better for your pet. That's why you should, along with the hard, the firmer shit, you should give it to your pet because it's better for them. Slow cooked, so it's more nutrient rich. That's not horse shit. That's real. Your your dog or your cat metabolizes food very quickly, needs more nutrient-rich food, and the slow cooking does it, and just better ingredients. Um, Better ingredients for uh, immune system support, for skin and coat support, for heart and brain health, for for heart and brain, for their their hip and joint health, Um, you know, What's it called? Ingredients like uh, like premium proteins, apple cider vinegar, spinach, blueberries, ginger, coconut oil. It's awesome. By Nature Pet Food. Go to Chewy.com. Use promo code RTRS20 for 20% off your first order. Then send 
your dog or cat a picture, no, send a picture of your dog or cat to us and we'll put them in the good boy or good girl club. Um, once again, go to Chewy.com, use promo code RTRS20 for your first by nature pet food order. That is by nature pet food. Okay. So Embiid, yeah, not uh, not the not the mega super dominant Embiid that we've seen in the other games, but still an incredible game. A huge three toward the end. Um, great defensively, a couple great blocks. Did he end up with like 30 and 10 even? I don't even know uh, what his final. 28, 6, and 4, and 2. Okay, yeah, not bad. Just, not I bad. mean, he's just like, this is just automatic. Like, he's yeah. just, he just does what he does. I thought um, when they put him at the nail, he's just, there's just nothing you can do. And when his step back is, when his like little mid range is working, he rocks into that little off the dribble uh, jumper that just they can't, they can't touch. He's too big. Um, and then when they go to the post with him, it's either okay, if you have your best defender out there, which I guess is Gasol on him because AD doesn't like to cover uh, Embiid much, um, then Embiid can can take Marcus Gasol one on one. And if you put Trez out there, then it's here comes the double team. And when he spins away from it. Like, he takes those sort of tough baseline fadeaways that I don't love. Um, but you're really just, if he's, if he is beating the single coverage of your best defender and then passing well out of the double coverage, which he was relatively well tonight, um, he just, you just can't, you can't stop him. And it's just really, he's, he, him and, I mean, Jokic is also playing incredibly well, but the Nuggets are just not as good as the Sixers, and so if you're talking MVP, it usually goes to one of the best yeah. team or two in the in either conference. And so, yeah. right now, Embiid is absolutely the MVP. Yeah, I wanted to talk. We'll go over that later. I have all the odds for all of them, but I, I, I think when you look at the list, and like I said, we'll go over it. But when you look at the list, it's it it seems pretty at at this point, at least, pretty sure that he's in the lead. We had a uh, was a you know everybody had said leading up to it. That you know, bet the the Ben Simmons over on this, over on that, because when he's playing against LeBron, he always plays well. He did like this was a very different Simmons that we saw against the Pistons for sure. He came to play tonight on both sides. Um, a couple of you know shitty possessions toward the end of the game, but that was on everybody. Um, you know, he attacked right from the beginning. He actually seemed to. Maybe it's because he's comfortable I, I don't know how many of the lakers guys he knows he seemed to smile and seem more comfortable in this game than he does in a lot of them like it's the vibes yeah maybe maybe the vibes are affecting him maybe it's i think they the are i mean he he has that play so like the first three in the first three minutes he like went right at the rim three times uh twice on lebron mm -hmm. once on ad finishing like right at the rim and that's nice it, it seems like the beginning of the game and at sometimes the end of the game or when Ben is there and the rest of the time he's kind of uh, helping other guys, finding shooters in transition, that kind of thing. Um, but he's got that thing in the where when he's being aggressive, even if he's not still not great at drawing fouls and, and should get fouled more often, but he's, he's, he does that little like, if I'm going right at you and you're backpedaling to stay attached, then he misses and he's got that offensive rebound that's an easy tip in. I feel like that's a like a prime... He's he's got a really great and quick second jump, and so that's easy buckets for him all the time. I thought I, mean, I thought he played really well, triple double, uh, seventeen points on fifteen shots. I thought his defense was great. Um, I lo I loved him, like getting downhill in transition, 
even when AD's back and finishing around there. It was just nice. He, he finds guys for threes. They tried him at the five a little bit. I, I, I don't love it. I understand why people want it. I think the solution might be more like find a playable uh, stretch five that can actually shoot around him mm. um, because those Ben, Matisse, Dwight lineups are really, really tough to watch. Well, doesn't uh, what's-his-face theoretically shoot? Um, uh, Tony Bradley? Yeah, doesn't Tony Bradley? Like, didn't, really. Weren't we told that he theoretically shoots before he, when they traded for him? Not, not really. I mean, uh, he's not he's not a reli- nothing reliable there yeah. um, that you can... I mean, he certainly doesn't have the green light, too. I mean, Dwight has, I think, taken more threes than Tony Bradley uh, this season. It's just, it's just not, like a consistent, like a regular... Uh, stretch five, like yeah. a real, not like a. If you leave him wide open and once in a while he'll hit, like a guy that's a weapon out there. That if he slips a screen, yeah. or uh, pick and pop, then the then the big is like a deadman. Yeah, like yeah. a deadman, like a you know, um, uh, Luke Cornett. Mm-hmm. I, I've been talking about Omari Spellman a lot as a guy. He's even a little undersized as a as a five. His defense definitely is much to be desired, but. If, if there's someone that you can groom, maybe it's B-Ball Paul, but he's obviously not a shooter at this point. But, like, it'd be really nice at some point if behind Embiid there was a real, and I've talked about uh, guys in the draft, it'd be nice if there's someone that they could just have and be like, hey, he's, he's at, least, at least the offense is going to be good there because too many non-shooters on the court at any given time is just really tough. And I like Dwight. He's done a bunch of good stuff. He didn't have a great game tonight. But, like, it'd be really nice to have somebody that could stretch the floor and open things up so when Embiid's not out there, Ben has more free reign, and it's just, it's 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 real, very consistent shooting around there. Yeah, as annoying as some of the Dwight fouls are and the, the hands of stone things are, he, he at some point will get a player on the other team really, really, really pissed off in an mm-hmm. important time and bait sure. him into a technical. So I like, ha- I like having him around, but he, boy, his, his limitations are... Limiting. Pretty obvious, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but look, backup center, minimum salary, all fine, but but definitely, yeah. they are definitely limitations. And B-ball they're even Paul, more noticeable when and when it's like, hey, Embiid's out, you're starting yes. now, and it's like, oh, oh yeah. this is why this is why you're making the minimum, because you right. you can't do much else than that. Um, uh, and B-ball Paul... the game for your guy, Danny Green. Real, real quick, B-ball Paul going to the G yes. League thing in Florida, so Good. he'll be gone for, for a month we might We should send... We, maybe Adam. we can send Sixers Adam down to cover the G League bubble. Maybe they'd I, let him do that. I really want to. I know. Can I check? Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, he's he got can do, college. He could do Zoom college, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yes. He's probably, he might even be doing Zoom college anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to check. I'll check. I'll check. An, a, nice, a nice Danny Green game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he hits a pull-up three in transition, it the means best. it's our night. Like, it, there's, it, is the, it is such a prayer. It is such an absolute, like... Anytime he's dribbling, it should be Doc should blow a whistle and just pretend like it was the ref. It's so stunning like it's like when he does it. He's so bad at it. Uh, he's hit he, a few of them this year. Yeah, not really. In the like <laughs> in the fifty minute game, maybe. But like, there's so many possessions that end in a Danny Green as the shot clock expires, and it makes it makes me nauseous. Well, that's uh, that's not different necessarily than the his fault, no. but it just it just shows his his limitations so much. Um, God bless Danny Green. Defensively, got blown by Schroeder like 400 times, but I thought he showed great hands a lot of the time. There's one play on offense that I really liked. It was when they were running the uh, Benjo pick and roll. 
Um, the entire Lakers team was basically just like staring at them. Um, and Danny saw that no one was looking. And so he sort of like wound, wound, winded his way to the opposite corner and had a wide open three. And I thought that's that he just has good awareness in that sense. And then occasionally falls asleep sometimes when he's trying to communicate on defense. But, um, and he did, he did to his credit, to his credit, and maybe, maybe like not to his credit because him doing this sometimes allows him to do it other times. Uh, and thinking he can do it all the time, but he did finish in tra- in transition on off of Simmons pass where he like had AD contesting his layup and he and he still finished, and that's like okay that's nice, but for every one of those there's 14 you know loogies and turnovers and stuff. But I I guess I appreciate him trying to live life to the fullest. So, yeah, good look, for Danny. I, I would like to it, look. I'm pro Danny Green. I want this to be a pro Danny Green podcast. He's out there competing. He's always in the right spot. Like the reason that so many shot clocks end with Danny Green shooting a three is because he's in the right, he's in the right spot. He's got to be shooting what 37, 38% from three. He's, he's hit his shots. He's just, he's got such a big pile of shit in his pants, obviously. And it is really preventing him from moving. I love Danny Green. I thought tonight, by the way, I thought we were getting the game winner. I really thought we were getting the. I'm glad we got it from Tobias, but I thought we were getting for the first of three game winners from Danny. Insane Green that you think he's getting game winners. I'd be surprised if he even gets one game winning shot attempt. Well, I would and, not. And you went with three game winners, and it's a. I mean, it's bold. I would give it a ten. I would retroactively go back to you and said if he, if that happens, give him a ten. But I, I, I can't give it to you uh, so, at this point. So we move, moving on okay. to who do you want to talk about now? I, I was going to talk about Maxi real quick. Sure. Because he didn't play in the first half, I don't think. <clears throat> but he had, you know, as as we could tell from the Detroit game and literally every minute of every game that Joel Embiid hasn't played over the last four years, the Sixers, like all we do when we're playing, when the Sixers are playing a good team and Joel Embiid goes off the court is just hang on, just cross your fingers and hang on. And I thought he hit he hit a, a few really big buckets for them that they needed, you know, um, in the second half, especially after not playing the first half. I just, he, you know, he and Milton have had not great the last few games. I think with Seth Curry back, they're just, there's less opportunity for them to play. But I, I thought it was a great case of him staying ready. And I thought Maxi, um, you know, and I, I, I think he's good. I haven't been quite as hot on him as everybody else, but I thought he hit like, Three, he probably hit three really big shots tonight. I don't know. I thought Maybe he was two. good. Two. Uh, yeah, I mean, they brought him in because uh, Dennis Schroeder kept blowing by Danny Green mm-hmm. um, and a couple other players at times, Tobias once or twice. Um, and so he comes out, and I think to my eye, it was like that didn't happen again uh, over the uh, six minutes that Tyrese played. But he had that floater over LeBron, which has to be a trip for a rookie to hitting shots over LeBron, who's been playing basketball since basically you were born. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that very impressive uh, full-speed scoop floater with Kuzma draped all over him. Um, he's exciting. I, I know that it's it, there's going to be bumps in the road and stuff, and he's still young. but uh, And he's definitely not like an efficient player at this point. But as far as like providing juice and just getting out there, and he always gets his hands on balls in the, on the defensive end and rebounds and stuff, it's... Love Maxi, man. I think I think it's really exciting, and hopefully that he'll be a. I, I think the there's a lot of variance as to how good he could be. It's like mm-hmm. he could just be a, you know, a backup point guard for a while if he if the shot never comes together, kind of thing. He's not that big, 
Um, but there's there's excitement there, and I think I think it's uh, deserved. I don't think mm-hmm. people are crazy to think like in in a year or two he could be their like regular starting point guard if he if he keeps improving. Um, Who's next? Tough game, tough game for Seth. Yeah, just didn't couldn't find a rhythm really. It is it is it's important to remember, and, and I guess this was with JJ also. Like just him being out there is good. Mm-hmm. Like him being out there and defenses having to scramble for him matter because that it's it's opening space. It's it's preventing double teams, all that stuff. And uh, he had that nice little hesitation to get by Caruso and hit that little floater off the glass going right. He always has that. Um, but, yeah, it took him a long time to get those shots off, which uh, we, we sort of noted earlier in the season. And then he got hot, and it didn't feel like it mattered as much. But when he's not hitting everything, it becomes like, man, he needs quite a bit of space to get that thing off because uh, he is not that fast or tall. Yeah, well, um, there was a... a- a time right at the top of the key where he was coming around and bead and you know i had the the flashbacks to the reddick dribble handoff and i was like oh you you can't shoot that there yeah you know you can't get that shot because well, jj's so. shoot, jumps like eight feet forward on those yes. shots yeah so that guys can't come around him and block over the back and seth usually just kind of rises up he has a little floater that jj doesn't have but from that deep he doesn't have it uh, anyone else? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could keep. I, I got, I got notes on everybody. It was a big game. I had to, I had to, I had to come, come prepared. Okay. I had to fend Alyssa off from uh, any sort of uh, funny business. Well, uh, she's, she, me. she's currently cleaning off a place on the mantle for her first ever soft shit award. Yeah, she's very excited about that. I'm sure yeah. she's gonna be super jazzed to hear. Um, <laughs> so shake, shake is interesting. He didn't, he has not been hitting threes well. I think he's under thirty percent on threes right now. He's, he's right around thirty. Yeah, um, which is pretty surprising because it still feels automatic that it's gonna go in. Um, but he's still so good. I mean, he's just still really, really good uh, in that little mid range. Uh, around the rim a couple times. I would like him to dunk more. I would like him to, there's a couple times when he, you know, Anthony Davis is obviously an excellent versatile defender and he's like, got he got around him and it's like, you got to make him pay for that. And he's tried to do that little, little, little just like finger roll off the glass. And it's like when, when you're, when there's as, as heated a contest as AD is giving, like it's just going to make you miss it. And just like, I would love to see, him use that length to occasionally, not always, he's not going to do this all the time, he's not an above-the-rim player, but like once in a while when he needs to, I think he's got to be able to like throw that down. Um, but he's he, it, those floaters, even with guys like draped on him, is so impressive when he's going like in that, either from the edge of the paint, he's really got that just nicely there. Um, with his length, he can get it off, and it's just really, really impressive. Um, I do. I do still. Need, I need him in the game more at at the ends of games because he is not a liability on either end of the court, um, and his size and length and just like patience, I think is a value that I would like. But uh, hopefully, he keeps earning that trust and uh, starts hitting threes. Mike, if uh, if Joel were to decide that a personal injury lawsuit was the way to go uh, after he was. You know, in I, I think in some states, what happened to him is physical assault. Um, he was defenseless. He was in the air. He was pushed with two hands. Uh, 
if if he does, Cornblow and Cornblow is where he has to go to sue LeBron. We got a great email about Cornblow and Cornblow. Hi, I kept hearing great reviews on the pod rever- uh, regarding Cornblow and Cornblow. They didn't disapp- disappoint. I just had a dispute with my landlord in New York, and I remembered your ads for Cornblow, and I gave him a call. Happy ending. The landlord landlord folded right away, and it all worked out. Uh, I tried to pay them or donate to a charity, but Adam wouldn't accept it. Thanks again. That's our dude. That's not even personal injury, bro. That's somebody having a problem with some dickhead landlord in New York, and Cornblow helped out. 40 years, Cornblow and Cornblow has been the number one boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. Still kicking today with his mom, running the law firm with all other Cornblows and some other people there specializing in medical malpractice, handling all sorts of personal injury, injured at work. If you jump in the air, somebody pushes you and you're in the air and you're defenseless, injured, that kind of work, slip and fall, car accidents, whatever. Uh, Medical malpractice I mentioned is a specialty. Cornblow and Cornblow is it. And only for Ricky customers, really any legal question you have, he's there to help. He's helped so many of our, especially through the pandemic, so many different things from uh, unemployment insurance to, uh, you know, like also unemployment and insurance if you own a business, all that sort of stuff. He'll help you with anything. Um, Doesn't cost you anything until he gets results for you. Give him a call or shoot him an email. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam or email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. Cornblow spelled K-O-R-N. B-L-A-U. Spelled it all because we won tonight. Cornblow and Cornblow, official law firm of the process. And I just want to add, last thing, mm-hmm. nice game from Korkmaz. Nice game yes. offensively. He'll, he'll, he's always good for one or two, like, ill-advised shots. But I thought, you know, pull, the, a pull-up off the dribble with LeBron on him is pre- pretty impressive for Korkmaz. Hit that shot of the baseline. Uh, makes guys pay that, that Corkman Simmons pick and roll, which is not even a, it's not even pick and roll. It's a, it's a pick and slip. It's a half, yeah. it's a half pick. Um, and, uh, and he looks good doing it. Uh, I will say defensively, they, it felt like they were hunting him on switches a little bit. Um, he sometimes holds his own, but he's really tough, pretty slow footed to the feet. We haven't talked about his big feet in a while, but they're too big and it makes him unable to keep up with guys. But He's not getting shoved around as much as he used to, and I, I appreciate that. But I thought a, a relatively nice Korkmaz game. I still do wonder how much in a playoff scenario he'll be able to play. But he was hitting shots, and if he's hitting shots, he's, he's probably at least, at least drawing even with him. You know, my basketball analysis is not always awesome. You know, there's some of my opinions people don't like, but I do notice the little things. And I was right about Korkmaz's feet being too big. I just want to put that out there. I don't, I don't always nail everything, but the feet being too big was definitely something. There you go. And then so, I, and I, and I would uh, say, last thing, I thought Matisse yeah. played nice. I thought he did, it's a very Matisse game. He was over one from the field. Uh, he had one point. He had no other stats except for three steals. And that is, that is what he does. Like, we are accepting him for what he is. Give him a real offseason. Maybe he'll add something. Who knows? At this point, uh, he makes it hard on guys. LeBron got him to bite a couple times and, and jumped on. Yeah, uh, a couple jumpers, and smart players will use that against him. But he does usually contest more under control than you'd expect. He's not just flying at guys, sort of with reckless abandon. He's he is, I think, relatively. He doesn't just leap. He sort of stays like hovers. He like hovers above the ground a little bit. Honestly, Abreu esque. He hovers hovers a little above the ground, so he doesn't have to like jump into them too much. But LeBron is 
smart enough and, and uses his body enough, really well so that it, it, he made him pay. But the other thing I was noticing is that Matisse always fouls. He almost always fouls on those. Maybe not on the, on the when he comes behind and tries to block uh, off the pick and roll. But when he's digging down on guys, refs yeah. respect him a lot, and which is rare, I think, for for a rookie sophomore player. Um, and he he will when he die when he uses his hands to try to like slap the ball away from somebody, and he'll get those steals. He gets so much wrist. He really does a lot. And I think refs are so impressed by him and sort of give him that respect as a as a young player, which is which is rare, that they just assume that he got it. And it's. I think because he's proven he's capable of doing that, but I do think that he gets away with a lot of stuff. And it, it's nice to have a guy that kind of gets away with that stuff on the defensive end because uh, it just it makes it, it makes teams have to account for him anymore because now he's he doesn't only have to just get a perfect handle on the ball. He he can just sort of get near it, and if it's if it pops away, then then they're going the other direction. Yeah, a lot of his fouls are like hand in the cookie jar kind of fouls mm-hmm. where he's he's going for a turnover and he just gets caught doing it. It's funny when you mentioned the one point. I like obviously I know how a basketball player gets one point, but it it felt like a football team having two points. Mm-hmm. You know sure. what I mean? It it doesn't feel like the right number of points for an NBA player. To for have. sure, but he was good. I mean, I thought he was. I thought he was fine. fine. He and yeah. I think that there was there were few like no turnovers. Look, he's not he's not hitting threes at any any level right now. Uh, it is uncomfortable, and that will that will. Uh, debilitate his game, but the defense is still very good, and I he think the offense is more comfortable. Like he he got him and Blake Griffin getting into it on on uh, Monday night was fun. Um, I think the offense he is not spazzing around as much offensively. I think he's he's driving and kicking pretty well. He's not trying to do too much, but he's he seems more comfortable than I think you were giving him credit for earlier on. He obviously looks like he's on skates sometimes, but I think that. I think that you need to check your check yourself and see that Danny Green is doing crazy shit with the ball in his hands more often than Matisse is at this point. And I think that but that's Danny Green you hits internally threes. recognize a little bit more. Danny Green hits threes. He does, of course, of course. I'm not yeah. saying he's not a better player. He he is. But uh there's and and maybe you just like you, you forgive that because he does hit threes and Matisse right now doesn't. Yes. Um, but I think that there I think that there's there's less cluelessness offensively. It's more just like I can't, I can't do, I can't do anything, but he can't, he isn't hopeless. I guess there, I think there's a distinction there. Like he's not just, he, it's not like he's running the, you know, the uh, ball handling route tree of like a Jordan Clarkson that's always just trying to like jump into people and stuff, but without any of the skills. He is, I think, playing within himself and making some things happen, passing, moving, that kind of thing. He just is unable to do some stuff, most stuff even on the offensive end. Whereas Danny can do some things, but also tries to do too much. That's the distinction think, I'm trying to make there. I think you need to check yourself. I don't. I never your, check myself. Your Lakers fan I self. Admittedly which is, never check myself. It's impossible which, to do. <laughs> your, your Lakers fan self is anti-Danny Green. And my- Danny Green, former Laker? Championship Laker? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the- uh, no, my my point on Matisse is that he seems like he's in Wonderland when he's playing. I I I I the last couple of games he has done it less. Yeah. But I, I will I will say that I agree with you there. But in usually he's throwing passes and 
dribbling and all these things that I just it, it just seems crazy to me that he's doing it like that he thinks the game doesn't count or something I don't know he's he is an offensively challenged player but he was annoying to LeBron today I, I got the sense that LeBron was annoyed by him and that's good so you know if in a playoff game we throw him out there for eight minutes and he fucking gets a couple mm-hmm. steals and pisses somebody off that's fine I'm good that's with right. that so this was a battle of the guy who sh- should be in the lead for the MVP and the guy who wanted to injure him. Um, I wanted to, we said he's in the lead. I wanted to give the odds of the current, I don't know, top eight MVP, uh, you know, people according to DraftKings. And I want you to sort of think about how likely you think that person will, with three quarters of the season left, move themselves into, you know, how likely that they win it. So currently the co-favorites at plus 500, and that's not even a, a big favorite. That's one out of five, five times. The co-favorites are Luca and LeBron. It right now for me, it doesn't look like the Mavs are going to be good enough. Yeah. You right? really have to be a top three, top two, sometimes top three seed in your conference to be able mm-hmm. to claim an MVP. That's almost always the case. And so LeBron, I, I don't there's think a, there's right a, now Dallas is not quite going to get their long season, obviously. But um, yeah. yeah, I think I think I think LeBron's possible, especially if 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 voters think because so, so much of it is just narrative. And if voters mm-hmm. think like this might be the last chance we have to give it to him, then I think that I think that's certainly possible if, if they end in the first or second seed in the West and he keeps up his his current production, although he's playing fewer minutes than ever, he's still playing obviously incredibly well. Um, so I think I think I would say LeBron is uh, far more likely than Luca at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think Luca's a good bet at plus five hundred. So right behind them, and I'm looking to see. I, I took down the odds before the game. I w- I'm looking to see if they've changed at all. But uh, right behind them at plus five fifty is Embiid, and it. Man, it really just feels like if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be right there at the end of the year for the award. I mean, yeah. right there for it. Yeah. Um, Durant is at plus six hundred. You just can't. You just can't. You I mean, you can't you give it think? to. You can't give the MVP to it in, unless they finish first by so much. Mm-hmm. You just can't give it to the best player on a team that also has James Harden and Kyrie Irving. If it was, if it was KD and Kyrie, sure, but you, you can't. There's James Harden on that team also. You just. You can't. It's not. It does feel like there's a little possible. narrative on the Nets, on the Durant thing, too, because it's the comeback and it is like, quote unquote, his team. And it's not like Kyrie is really considered in that class. And it does seem like so far that Harden is is playing back. It also, Durant's been very good. And when you watch him, he looks like normal Durant. But his numbers aren't crazy or anything so far. So, um I don't think it's super likely it's Durant either. Jokic is at plus 700. Yeah. I feel like people would like to vote for Jokic. He's very good. He's very good and yeah. playing very well, but but Denver is not. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty good. And uh, although they're now at 11-7, they've won five in a row. Okay. Uh, yeah. So maybe they can maybe they can keep, keep That's up. That's only two any... games behind the Sixers, really, so. Yeah. Uh, so maybe... But I just I think that they're I think that they're going to just struggle on defense all season um, because they don't have enough. I don't think Jokic is a bad defensive player. I just think that when you don't have a defensive anchor at the five, then your mm-hmm. other defenders have to be good. 
really good and your system has to be really good. And I think that like there are just too many bad defenders on that team. Um, it exp- having a bad having not having a good defensive center expo- doesn't. And Bede shows you with him in there. It shows you how valuable it is with the amount of not great defenders the Sixers can play. You know, yeah. so. And I, I think a lot of like Tobias Harris being good defensively is being able to trust Embiid back there too. You For know, sure. I, I think it allows them to be more aggressive. So there was a time last season when I think it was last season, which obviously was a cursed season, and we don't want to repeat happen. anything from last season. I'm not trying to bring back any any memories, but there was a good few moments in last season when he when Tobias did anything cool on defense, he would point to the bench with one finger indicating first team all defense, and I. I would like to bring that back, maybe if if Tobias was into it. I I think that would be fun. Uh, the last three, Giannis is at plus nine hundred. There's no way Giannis is winning it this year. Um, you might as well throw your money in the trash. Why I mean, do you think he's, so? But they're not going to give him a. Th- he's fa- like just the way narrative wise, he's failed in the playoffs twice now. Like I I just don't think people are impressed by the regular season thing, and his regular season so far hasn't even been great for his. Like for his standards, I I just think he would have to have gone supernova, and it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem possible with yeah, his, it, his. I agree with you. I mean, it is a narrative thing, and it's it's so it's so subjective. It it is a regular season award, though. Yeah, but I I just don't think winning. He's won two, right? Winning winning an MVP for a third time. I just I can't imagine them doing that without him at least going to the finals. Yeah, that's like, fair. I, just, I mean, with him, the thing about Embiid. And that's becoming, you know, very evident, even if you don't watch the Sixers as much as we do. They're 0-4 when he doesn't play, and not to good teams. You can say 0-3 because one of them, Danny Green, was their best player. Um, So 0-3 against a Memphis team that they should have beat that came down to the wire, and then crushed by the Cavs and pretty handily beaten by the Pistons. And when Embiid's out there, they're the best team in the league. And the to go from we're maybe a, a play-in team to we're the best team in the league when it beats out there is if there's no more marker of a mm-hmm. of an MVP candidate than that. I, I tweeted out the numbers earlier. So the difference between when he's on and when he's not on currently per cleaning the glass is like plus 22 per 100 possessions. No LeBron team has ever been that, that difference on and off. None in history. The highest, I think, was 18. No James Harden Rockets team was ever that. So if that isn't value, you know, now you don't want to, you can't reward a player for the rest of his team not being as good, but it does show how valuable he is. The I last think two you guys. Almost, I, I think you almost can. I, I understand that yeah. that's, that's like, you don't, it doesn't make sense when you say it, but like, if the Sixers are the best team in the East at the end of the year. Yes, I agree. And, and they're whatever. One in six in games mm-hmm. MB doesn't play, maybe more, whatever it is, guessing. Then like that that's that's stark. That is a stark difference if these numbers hold even reasonably close, if they're one of the top two teams in the East, and without him they are relatively helpless, then I think you can almost award him being like, hey, you're bringing these guys up. When when you're not there, they're bad. I think you almost can reward them for that. If they were if they were you know, if they were a 600 team, even a 500 team, when Embiid's not there, then you can be like, all right, you lift them, you know, you're a little bit, be- they're a little better. 
you know, you, you have a good supporting cast, but really it's whatever. But to go from such, and it should normalize and it should um, uh, fall back to the mean, but uh, it, it is like very impressive to mm-hmm. an MVP level how much Joel gets out of these guys. And then the last two, Steph Curry at plus 1,400 just doesn't seem like they'll be good enough. And Lillard, same deal, at plus 2,500. It's been a normal Lillard season, but it doesn't seem like... um, Yeah. I I would right now not bet on anybody other than Embiid, Jokic, or LeBron. Or LeBron. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I I put Jokic third because I don't think the Nuggets are going to be able to separate themselves to be better than either of the L.A. teams. I think they could be better than the Clippers. Man, the Clippers are the most soulless team I think I've ever seen. It's a, such the like the weirdest team. Weird team. And I know I picked them for the to win the title last year, but just they need they need a leader. I know it sounds corny. They just don't have one. Um, DraftKings. Those odds are per DraftKings. DraftKings also the uh, leader in one day fantasy sports, bringing back the golden ticket giveaway, big prizes. $55 million in total prizes. Anyone who joins DraftKings' free fourth quarter big game prop challenge gets a free instant prize with one winning take, one winner takes home a million dollar top prize. So you download the app now, you enter the free fourth quarter challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and then you're going to make it rain. So just sign up, play the fourth quarter challenge, answer all the questions. $25,000 in prizes um, as well, uh, all kinds of different rewards. They've paid out over $7 billion since 2012 to their fantasy players. Incredible. Uh, easy to deposit, easy to withdraw. Download the app now. Use promo code RTRS for a free shot at $55 million in total prizes when entering DraftKings' free, free, free fourth quarter prop challenge. That's promo code RTRS to get a shot at $55 million in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com uh, for details. Uh, before we get to a couple mailbag questions, did and I only saw it on Twitter, so I, I assume that it did happen, but apparently in an interview with Stephen A. Smith, Daryl Morey said that the Sixers this year are, quote, championship or bust. I mean, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. They have to be, right? With they the MVP. With the MVP on the team, you have to be championship or bust. Yes. They simply must think that way. It shouldn't be anything other than that. Right now, they're the best team in the East. Um, Tobias Harris is playing the best basketball of his career. Seth Curry. Do you owe him any of your salary, do you think? Do you owe any to Tobias? No, I I already split a salary with Patrick. And so I think that I don't (laughs) owe him money. I I would like I'll owe him my time and my love. I think like if he wants to like hang out because that's the thing about Tobias is like if you really if you can really like crystallize what it's like to be around him like as a guy they're just like the vibes are you can't touch him. I did love and it had some uh I don't know if I want to say fun but uh uh, hearts, somewhat heart swelling, but also complicated Jimmy Butler vibes after Tobias hit that and like Embiid and Simmons are like sort of like posing with him and like letting Tobias do his thing. It's just, it was cool. It was cool that end of the game, Tobias gets the ball. I mean, it's just, it, it is a weird, like I think if, I think Embiid gets the ball in that situation at the nail, I don't think it's 
like last ten seconds of a game or a post up situation. I think it's just too much of a scramble. They pretty much let let them foul the shit out of him, basically. And so I think you do need to have like a somewhat of an isolation play or a pick and roll play that you the guys you trust. But it was it was it was cool that like that was Tobias's ball, and it was like go go win us the game, and he did. And we've always loved him. Yep, we've always believed in Tobias Harris. And it was really I, I consider myself like a Shaquille O'Neal figure, in that I motivate the next generation of players um, to be better. Um, and so I think that. You know, love me or hate me, I'm Shaq, and uh, Tobias and I have a relationship that you know I don't need to explain to to people. Friend of the pot, Tobias. Friend of the pot, absolutely. Yeah. Lorenzo Brown mailbag. Send us emails to uh, writesrickysanchez at gmail dot com. Writesrickysanchez at gmail dot com. This comes from uh, Sam Kravitz, our friend Sam Kravitz. Uh, his non-basketball question, do you want to talk sumo with Sam Kravitz? What do you think? Are we there yet? I don't think we're there yet, no. No, okay. But I'm glad From Noah. From Noah. Hey, Spike and Mike, uh, Boban is the smelliest player in the NBA simply because no. he probably has the most skin to radiate any smells. Um, Tall basketball. people are not just inherently smellier than short people. <laughs> that's not, that's not a workable thing. <laughs> basketball question since moving to Colorado I've kind of become a Nuggets fan too I'm wow. allowing it because no matter how good Jokic is I know Embiid is even better what team other than the Sixers would you like to see win the championship simply because you like the team no Sixers or girlfriend is Lakers fan related reasons allowed who would you like to see uh, Portland would yeah. be really cool Lillard it would be so cool if Lillard won a title yeah um, I also do I also like the Nuggets Although I really don't like Michael Porter Jr., so that wouldn't be the case. Um, of the teams he's, that are like one pretty guy close on to it, <laughs> what'd you say? He's one guy. Hate him. Like, hate him and hate how people talk about him. They're wrong. He's bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't. I guess I I like Giannis, and and I don't like the narrative of guys that like can't win in the playoffs. I think that's so. Um, it's such a snowballing thing that that it just becomes like a media takey thing. Obviously, he hasn't won in the playoffs. It's hard to win in the playoffs. It's hard to win in the playoffs if you're not an elite uh, perimeter ball handler. Um, so I would like to see Giannis win a championship at some point in his career. I think that would be nice. And I like Drew well, maybe, a lot, and Chris Middleton's really good. And, maybe if uh, he didn't have that phony baloney coach that designed an offense that would only work in the regular season, maybe they'd have a better chance of winning in the playoffs. It's just my, my two cents. Shout out Larry King. Uh, I also would like Portland to win, and beyond Portland, I don't really care who wins. To be I honest. like a lot of players on Dallas. I like a lot of players on Dallas. I obviously yeah. don't have any love for the city Dallas, even though the, I don't think of the Mavs and the Cowboys like together. So I, but I, even saying Dallas positively is weird. But I do like a lot of players on Dallas. Yeah, I don't. There's, there's nobody else. There's not really anybody in Eastern Conference. The and Jazz not, would be okay. Be on an interesting level. I really like Mike Conley. Um, they're not going to win the title. They're not going to win the title. So yeah, neither's yeah. Portland either. So I like Boyan. I think Portland could, if they get healthy. They've just been so injured. I think that they could, they could, if if the matchups work out, they could win a series or two. Um, and Dame is awesome to root for, and I, I do think that it might be time to break up Dame and CJ. It might be time to, to me, try, try to trade CJ for a guy that is not so similar to Dame and just worse at 
most of the things. I would, I think it might be see what you can get for him and see if there's if there's a way to have that team take the next step. Him winning a title with the Blazers is very Dirk in Dallas yeah. energy, you know. Um, and non basketball question: What's your favorite niche Olympic sport to watch? No basketball, track and field, soccer, hockey, swimming, gymnastics, or other sport with a lot of coverage. What I don't, I don't even know, know what I'm other not, sports. Not an Olympics are. guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the Olympics actually at all. The only part of the Olympics I like is the basketball. Yeah, I don't um, like the Olympics, and I definitely don't want the Olympics to come to LA because it would just fucking really messes up your city. And just seems... 80, 84, I think the last time the Olympics were in LA. Yeah, they're um, talking. I think they're talking about twenty twenty eight or something. Mm. I don't know. I really don't want it to happen though. No, God, it just seems like the traffic and yeah. spread out. Mis- miserable. Um, this comes from Pat. My basketball question, how many wins does this coach, this team have with Brett as the coach? Also, Brett's assistant coaching staff. Um, do you think Sam Cassell and the rest have made an impact already? Brett is the coach this year. What do you think? It's hard, It's impossible to say. Right? Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. I would guess about the same, maybe a little bit less. I don't know. I mean, wins, I, think, I think they I, could have this record. I don't think it's impossible they could no, have this I think, record. No, I, yeah. I mean, they had the... Uh, I think Tobias is is certainly a different player with with Doc, mm-hmm. and Embiid took it upon himself to get better this off season. Um, sometimes being a a coach is very circumstantial, um, and you you coach the players you have. And I think Doc has the kinds of players that Brett had a couple of years ago, and then those players uh, were sent away, so we could have clunkier guys. And then we tried to be clunky for a while, and clunky was fun uh, while it lasted, but ultimately didn't win win many games. Um, and so I think Brett would do a fine job here. I do think Doc is a better coach, but I don't think it is like a crazy wide gap that um, that is, you know. No. Maybe, maybe in the in a playoff series it'd be different because Doc has had that experience. And but yeah, I I think it's Doc is a, Doc is better, but Brett would it would be nice if Brett had had some some more of these types of players. Could Brett blow a 3-1 lead as well as Doc? And non-basketball question, what is one piece of advice you'd give to a guy in his 20s just starting to become a full-grown adult? Uh, skincare. Mm, important, yep. And I guess I'm doing two. Try to be mindful of uh, how food makes you feel. Because mm. I'm bad at knowing my body. Hmm. I feel very foreign from my body, but I'm trying to get better at it and knowing when, like, oh, garlic or whatever makes my chest hurt or something like that. Those kinds of things. It's like, oh, if I have soy, then I have mm-hmm. some slight allergic reaction. Those kinds of, those types of things. And if I had done that earlier in my life, I might be in a better place. Uh, yeah. I mean, that didn't happen until later in my life, too. Um, I agree with skincare. Um, it was a, a girlfriend I had long ago told me, she was like four or five years older than me. She used to put a, a moisturizer on all the time. Stay out of the sun, too. Not Don't stay out, but use sunblock, all that kind of stuff. I would say, uh, man, too many people say do what makes you happy, but like, man, we, we spend so much time. Who do you, who, what 20-something-year-old needs to be told to do what makes you happy? But they, they they do the fleeting thing. I don't, yeah, maybe that's more of a 40-year-old needs to know to do what makes them happy. Then here's the real advice. Every month, put 100 bucks away 
in an investment right. account. I wish I had started saving before my mid thirties. Right, right. And also maybe like don't go to college. Uh, don't or well, don't have gone to college. Really? Yeah, I mean, or go to college, like for as cheap as you can go. Yes, yes. Don't because don't walk they, away. Because people do a really bad okay. job. Previous yeah. generations do a really bad job of like talking about what like student loans are and how they're going to be like. Well, he's in his twenties anyway. Yeah, I guess it's too late. He says is he just entering his twenties? Yeah, okay, right. okay, just yeah, starting to become an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it. But yeah, if you have if you're in your teens, then consider not having a shit ton of student loan money to pay for the yeah. next fifteen years. Well, uh, Jake Pavorsky made that decision. He went to University of Maryland. He's like, wait a minute, I'm gonna owe a quarter million dollars when yeah. I leave. I'll go to Temple. There you go, Jake. Uh, yeah, and look at him. He's killing it. All right, final final mailbag question I promised I would ask. So this comes from an Australian listener who is very pro-Ben. And I knew what your reaction was going to be, but I promised I would read the email to him. Again, Australian pro-Ben from Paul. Hi, guys. So I have a kind of a galaxy brain trade idea that I can't stop thinking about. Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> the Sixers get a championship-level playmaker who fits far better with Embiid than Ben ever will. The Nets get off from Kyrie's weirdness and also get one of the best defenders in the league to compliment Harden and Durant. I first thought of this trade as a joke, but the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it would generally, genuinely improve both teams and potentially by quite a lot. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please tell Daryl. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't do it. I know, I know I, that you would. Uh, well, I knew you wouldn't. I, I actually, well, you give your answer and then I'll give mine. Yeah, I just think that the Sixers as it is would be very thin in the 3-4 range. And now they'd have Kyrie and Seth and uh, Tyrese as far as guys who can really only defend one position. Um, and in the playoffs, they're, they're hunting those guys out left and right. Obviously, Kyrie's skill set as far as, like, shooting off the catch, being able to make plays in the pick and roll, off the dribble, one-on-one, all that stuff would be good. Um, I don't think you can simply say, like, you know, with any level of certainty he would want to be here or the the weirdness would go away or whatever it is. Kyrie Embiid would be certainly tough to stop. Um, But I do think that while Kyrie is very talented, and this is like an honest opinion, while Kyrie is very talented, I don't think he is a conducive to winning type of player. Winning at a high level. He'll obviously get wins. He's better than some other just like empty stats guy, Terry Rozier or whatever. Um, but I, I genuinely don't think that he is a without, you know, he's in this situation now, but without a championship level, level player around yeah. him when he's the best player, I don't think that that team is is nearly good enough to compete. Yeah, he wasn't even the primary ball handler when he played with LeBron. I actually would not do it because you can't look player wise. If it was just the player, I would do it. He's, I, I would take my chances on all of those things that you mentioned. I would take my chances at finding a, a three four guy somehow. But I'd go trade a kick for you know uh, PJ Tucker. But he, what's he just? He's just gonna fucking disappear sometimes and not play and he's just he's not interested enough um if for whatever reason that is it's just he's there's just too many examples of him of the guys on the team just being like what the fuck is your deal remember he went to brooklyn with kyrie and if you ask kevin durant right now is it okay if we trade kyrie irving i bet he would say yes 
he's just you can't I can't, he's not reliable enough so I would say no as much as I would like to say yes I would not say yes well big win tonight Mike big win big win what a shot would have felt yeah. I, I feel a little bit gross that they that they coughed up a 12 point lead in like a minute and a half mm-hmm. um, but hopefully I'd rather have like a learning experience win rather than a learning experience devastating loss against the Lakers um, I may have to sleep on the couch tonight. That's fine. That's the sacrifice that I'm willing to make for this team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel I feel good, and I think that this should this team should make the second conference finals of my lifetime. I'm oh, not wow. fully ready to say with confidence more than that. Mm-hmm. They have they have certainly the capability to do more than that. But this team should make at least the conference finals, barring health. And so let's should let's get there. Not could, but should. Should they should? Mm. It would be tremendously disappointing yet. if they did not. I would agree with that. I'm I'm not at should yet. So we will talk to you Sunday evening, I guess. Right? Yeah, because we have the Sixers have the Timberwolves on Friday. I I would assume Embiid won't play, and then Sixers Pacers, which should be a brawl on yeah. Sunday in Indiana. So, uh, oh, and before we go, wanted to send our love out to the official bowler of the Ricky Bill O'Neill who uh, tested positive for COVID. He's doing, mm-hmm. he's doing fine. I talked to him tonight. Um, he actually had a couple of funny married guy things to say about it. But um, he was on the tour and ready to... Um, there was a, a big tournament he was about to participate in and that he had qualified for, and he had to come off of it. But um, after a couple of... Um, like a day and a half or two days of uh, fever and chills and stuff, he's he's doing all right now. So um, so we want to send Bill our love as he quarantines. His family's good too. Family's all negative. So um, we love you, Bill. Well, good good luck to Bill getting better. And uh, obviously, there's been a you know death in the NBA family. Seeko Smith, um, mm-hmm. former beat writer for a couple of teams and NBA.com writer and analyst and people I never met him, but people are saying a lot of great things. He obviously uh, died from COVID, and it's just everybody be safe out there and try to get through this last however many months it's going to be. Yep. Yeah I, yeah, I had never met him, but like you, you only heard, I only heard, like, nice. I never heard, usually one of those guys, you would have heard a bad word at some point, especially the national guys, and no one ever said anything bad about him. So. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we will talk to you on Sunday. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know the case. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.